everyone, and welcome to another episode of The First Issue Club, the weekly comic book podcast that guides you through the entire comic book landscape that can sometimes be a little muddy and murky. This week, we're taking a look at a graphic novel from Sweeney Boo, while we've got a little bit of a delay on printed comics coming out each and every week. With me, as always, are Budget King, Caitlin, and Greg. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hello. Hello. Did you hear our son, Neural? <laughs> I did. Cute little Meowth. Uh-huh. He's saying that it is time for him to be fed. I hungry. Uh-huh. <laughs> did, um, <laughs> didn't uh, this graphic novel come out like two weeks ago? I think like 20th, 21st, some, somewhere around Okay, there? yeah. So they released yeah. this during COVID just digitally, and I imagine the print will come in. It's from Boombox. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yeah, it is from Boombox. I think you can order a print copy online, but... Hey, man, instant gratification. I'm bored now. She has <laughs> been previewing this on Kickstarter since like 2018. So this is a long-awaited graphic novel. Totally, yeah. I've been following her on Instagram for a long time. And for a while, I just assumed like this is just a cool Instagram artist who does like fan art and stuff. And then I found out she was working on like a legit graphic novel and uh, have been pumped to read this ever since. Before we get into that, one of the things I wanted to cover off on was we've been seeing a lot of really cool charity stuff in support of the comic book community and comic book shops. One of my favorite things was the hashtag creators for comics auction that was held on Twitter. All these creators put out what they were going to do and you could just bid in the replies. I believe Kelly Thompson put up for auction a leather jacket signed by the cast and crew of Captain Marvel. Uh, That's so cool. Chip Zdarsky was, was going to like write like a sexy story about you. If you won. <laughs> if you won. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Leah Williams was going to give you a tour of her Animal Crossing town. Oh, that's super cool! I <laughs> Which wish I was I like, I might. I was like, I might bid on that. If, so if you're, if you're in, in game, does she just give you the code and you go over to her island? You know what? I don't know. I think she said she was gonna like Zoom or Skype you, but was like also willing to like negotiate what it, what she was gonna do if uh, you weren't into Animal Crossing. That sounds dangerously like some only video. Too. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but it's. I mean, I'm. You know, I'm not the type that would be into that. Yeah, but. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people too were like, "I'll do an hour on your podcast if you win this bid." Oh, we should have done some of that. And Jason, I, Aaron, yeah. no, 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 no. Jason Aaron did that. Did you see the price that that went for? No, I didn't. Like over a grand. Wow. Like, I don't know who has that kind of money just to throw around. To just have Jason Aaron successful come on the podcast, podcast, I guess. But I like in that. any case, I thought just for something fun before we got into the graphic novel this week, um, this got me thinking if I could have any of my favorite creators make something for me or do something, uh, what would I what would I have them do? Um, well, so my my initial one was uh, Erica Henderson because I love 
her squirrel girl and everything else that she does. She has this like kind of campy and lightheartedness about her drawings, but she has been at every con that we've been to and like her pricing is like really reasonable. So if it's like my dream one, it would probably be uh, Eric Powell who did the goon and uh, you know, hillbilly and all those watercolors that um, are just so beautiful and vivid and super bloody. And I would just love to officially own something drawn by Eric Powell. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's a good one. I I did. I guess I didn't think. I kind of just thinking whose art I like. But like Jeff Lemire doesn't really do commissions. His, um, commissions are much art anymore. Um, yeah. He's like doing mostly writing. So if he did one of his like old style like art things, that'd be pretty fun to own. What if he did like a haiku about you? <laughs> I'd be into that. Anything Matt Kent did that was like standalone that wasn't part of his universe, like if he just did like some fan art and and his wife did the watercolors on it, I'd be really into that. That was what I was. That was along the lines of what I was thinking. Like art that I like, like especially if you were like do a commission of either one of us or the both of us or like a family portrait type of thing that we could have that would be original. Would oh be man! Like the All Reds for sure. Oh yeah. Um, or Matt Kent. And, yeah. Yeah. We actually own a piece by Trad Moore. Yeah, oh, nice, super awesome. I was also thinking the the Sonic Takeda would be a cool one, just to see what kind of ornate type of they did. Scene um, you could uh, have monstrous, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know who uh, Becky Cloonan is? Yes. What has she done though? Uh, she did demo. She uh-huh. did Southern Cross. I think she did Gotham. Oh, Ac- Gotham no, Academy. No, she did that book that um, is tied into. Uh, Conan the Barbarian and like Red Sonia, right? Did she do that? That seems right. That seems like right up her alley. Well, what I was going to say is that I knew about her from like the zine world before I knew about her from the comic book world. She just would do these like insanely like artful, crazy zines that were like vampire love story or werewolf love story. And um, yes to both. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they were just great. And so I would I'd love that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I like really. I, when it feels like so exclusive that it's like nobody even cares. Like it's like, <laughs> it's so arcane. Uh-huh. Is this tailored for me? <laughs> right. I think yeah. along that line, I would probably want, um, it's Kate Beaton, I think, but the the girl who does oh. Hark a Vagrant to do like a comic strip of us or something like that. Like something that no one would even know what it is. That'd be really funny. That we could just have. Um. So like, you know, you guys know I'm on Twitter like pretty much all the time. Um, you can really tell that Mike Mignola has cabin fever because he's drawing like the cereal, like Fruit Brute and like the Count Chocula and Ultraman and like the Flintstones. Like he's drawing all these characters from his past in his signature style. And they're, they're super, super like detailed and really, really great. But you can tell he's just hasn't been out of the house in probably a month that he's just <laughs> bored out of his mind. So good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it. We probably should instead of just talking about uh, this, should have bought some of this stuff. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even know this was a thing. This is like I, a new. Yeah. I, I mean, at, I don't have thousands of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> That's the I thing. went. I went down the list, and as it as it went on, I was like, I was like, oh, this is something that I would totally get. And then you'd scroll down and see like it got up bid, it got up bid, it got up bid. It's past what I can afford. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like you're getting priced out of something before you can even blink yeah it it was really cool to see what people were willing to give um like i know benjamin percy just 
did a signed copy of that C2E2 Wolverine variant that we got. Ooh, oh, that's cool. And um, which, you know, it's like a signed comic book and you can get that comic book on eBay for like 40 or 50 bucks or whatever it is. But 120, I think. 120? Dang. Really? Yeah. Ooh, lolly. Ugh. Why didn't I take better care of mine? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> but, and, you were going to sell it anyways. I didn't... No, I, I would never sell it. Yeah. Um, but in any case, someone bid like 500 bucks on it. God damn and it. You're just trying, you know, you're just giving, you're, you're giving money to charity and getting something cool. So. And that's the way that's, to do it. That was the spirit of, of this yeah. thing, I feel like. And it was it was cool to see people get like these really bizarre things from creators they love that you would otherwise have like they never would have created. So yeah. there's really weird, unique things in here. A perfect storm of a cause and time and yeah, right. boredom. The idea and somebody to spearhead it. Great. What do you guys think? Let's get this podcast started. Let's get started yeah it's fine all right guys as promised we're gonna be talking about eat and love yourself by sweeney boo caitlin do you have a synopsis for us of what this book is about? I sure do. Um, Eat and Love Yourself has Mindy, who is a 27-year-old woman. Um, she buys a chocolate bar and starts to time travel, experiencing her young life again as a young adult. And what she finds is a shot at a fresh perspective on herself. This book was kind of heavy, but I'm excited to talk about it. Same. I think just because I've been at home sitting down all day, like kind of bummed and just eating salty snacks <laughs> and like hating myself and my like <laughs> growing gut, like this, like I totally needed this. Did, did you guys find it in a way, I guess a powerful thing given the situation that I think a lot of people have found themselves in right now i was gonna say that i think in some ways this is the one of the better written like love yourself statements is like a love letter to you and your body that i've read because it's so real and and um feels experienced and and mature and it's not just like you're awesome it's like you are awesome but you're gonna have to work at making sure that you know you're awesome yeah it 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 avoided the montage effect if you will indulge me to say that because like it's it's not so much i've i've seen a lot of things and i think a lot of media is targeted toward primarily women in this area of like combating the ideas of image imagery and like the the self-image and and body type that you're fed since you're really little and i think a lot of movies that try to or a lot of media that tries to give this message unfortunately does it disservice by kind of skipping over all the work that it takes to get there and it's like oh she 
did this and and then all of a sudden you know everything's coming up for her and she's gonna she broke the cycle and she did it and now she's on her way and you don't even really get much of the metamorphosis with this Mm -hmm. in this book it is it is much more minute and more realistic one like kind of element that i had for this too is that as a kid who was overweight or like didn't like his body I felt like I've always had weird food issues and like weird body issues that um, have just kind of been on me. Like, I don't think I don't have like an eating disorder that I would know of or body dysmorphia. But like I have these statements that people have said about my body that have happened like 10 years ago that I still think, oh, I do have fat thighs, especially like as a high schooler, like I would totally make journals about like how much food I ate and like try not to eat as little like as little as possible. And, you know, and, and it just it felt like really super real to the point that I was like trying to like name I was like no she doesn't have body dysmorphia she has this version of this eating disorder or whatever and it's like I don't I'm actually not an expert on it a lot of people just go through weird food stuff too and like this person actually has a like I mean Caitlin you in your psychology like degree and stuff like you are a therapist as well a licensed therapist like what's your thought on eating disorder and how this comic book relates to it I almost went into that field as a career a while back. And I think it's because of personal experience. I don't think there's a lot of people now that don't have some kind of personal experience, whether it's you or somebody that you love or know. Um, but I think, and I, and I think she is purposely a little bit vague about some of the symptoms or some of the behaviors associated to kind of shy away from trying to pin it down diagnosis wise, which I think is smart because that makes I think sense. A lot that makes people, total sense. I think a lot of people are going to be looking for ways to connect with this because it can show up and manifest. And so like for me, like the story she tells with her family isn't my story, but there are elements of it and the way she reacts to it and the things that she goes through and the way she feels about herself. So relatable to so many different people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that bit of vagueness helps to tell a wider story about it than kind of nailing it down to one diagnosis. I also, I think that in her eloquent way of situating something in the middle of a diagnosis, I think she also landed on a body type that was perfect for the story because I kept on thinking she's really cute. Like she has like a, her body I find very attractive and I don't see why she thinks it's bigger. And I think, but that worked. I think that had she been thinner or had she been bigger, the story would not have worked as well. I thought about that a lot too. And I think that um, a lot of times you will see women in with the, the art style that this book has kind of drawn like that, even if they're supposed to be a bigger girl or like um, I'm thinking of like Gert in the runaways, like she's always drawn a specific way, but she's always cute. It's never it. And it, the body type to me is not an undesirable body type either. So it is, it is a perfect fit for this thing that's like, it's still not the normal way that women are drawn or the women appear, but it is a body type we've all seen and it's not undesirable to a lot of people. So it's just, it kind of does set that interesting, like, yeah, dynamic there. To that point too, like, I, faith is like the kind of the comparison that I could see this being compared to as far as like another character that's like in that same echelon of stuff i guess but one thing i love about it is like 
the main character is not a loser. Like she's getting like the attention of guys. It it really does play more like it's in her head and that's the battle she has to have rather than like she actually has very little L's. Like she doesn't have a lot of losses. It, it feels like a true like depression thing. I think you could have wrote, written this comic book and just been like, and she got fired and she can't get any guys to like her. Um, and I guess that like her life is is mediocre, but she's also like cool and successful in some ways, I thought. And she's she is driving a lot of the things that are complacent and that aren't reaching or aren't like she's the one in charge of that, which is because it's internalized. She may be thinking like this is all I can do or this is what I deserve. But like that's her internalizing it. Like you said, like it, the problem is more mental for her than it is the circumstances she's going to be dealt because of the person that she is. Yeah, she wouldn't let herself be happy, and there was a lot of, like, self-sabotage stuff in here. One of the reasons I loved the flashbacks or, like, the time-traveling motif, I think that mentality of stepping outside of yourself and seeing another person go through something, even though that other person is yourself, it's so much easier to say, gosh, I'm reliving this situation, and I can clearly see that it's not this person's fault, and they shouldn't be beating themselves up over this. And it's like, that's you. You are that person. Therefore, you shouldn't be beating yourself over this stuff. I, I think that, Kaylin, you should tell me if this is wrong or not. But th there is a method in therapy where I think it's called something like a mirror revelation. And the the goal of the activity is to see yourself seeing yourself. So like you can try to be the witness or instead of the author. And then be able to like be informed by the situation rather than like so stepping away from it, you know. And I think that like this kind of captured that, and and that is essentially the thing that helped her heal or or put her on the road to recovery. I think was seeing herself from a separate vantage point. Yeah, I mean, you we talk a lot um, about like what would you say to a friend who's going through the same stuff, and everybody's answer is always going to be so different than what their internal script is but it, it's just obviously we all can't eat a chocolate bar that's gonna physically manifest that for us so that we can see ourselves going through something and really physically and tangibly externalize it so it's a lot harder to do that when you're just sitting with yourself I think but I think I think the idea is so strong I don't think she's going for this comparison because I think that it's pretty elementary but I think a lot of people do pop edibles and pop Adderall to like quick fix their, the thing they don't like about their life. And it feels like magic. I don't know if you yeah. guys think that or not. I mean, like I have like friends that like, I feel like they just get way too high all the time and it's because they're not, they're not just trying to have fun. Like you, if you get high that mm -hmm. much, you got a problem and that's, that's fine. Everybody does, but like you, you're pushing, you're eating the chocolate bar to avoid the actual problem. Right. Well, and I think another, that's another addiction. Like it may not be an eating addiction or, or, or an eating disorder, but that's, that's the thing that's, that they are doing to fill the void that they are doing to punish themselves in a way, um, to keep themselves from being happy or to keep them from realizing that. And that's the way, like, not to bring this, I always bring it about me, such a white man thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, I get that way with video games. Like, I'll just, I'll get in a path or whatever, and then I'll just be like, 
fucking just going nuts on a video game or like a cell phone game and like my good friends or wife will be like hey what game are you playing now or like just try to like pull me out of it by being like you know you're obviously avoiding something by like binging this thing that has no like it's it is it begins to be self-sabotage because you know at the end of the money or the game that i spent it's gonna be nowhere (laughs) i'll be right back where i started yeah I have a hard time with that because that's something that I definitely do to unwind. And I, I think I end up giving myself a lot of guff about doing something recreationally that I like because I feel like it's not an active thing. But I think that also gets tied into like, I should be exercising. I should be do. But I think it, it's, there's a difference between a coping skill and something that you enjoy and gives back to you than something that takes more than it gives to you and is actually destructive. I don't have a good filter to, to to be like to know the difference all the time. I think. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, fair. You certainly see those people have replaced their addiction with what they think is a help, happier, healthier thing. But there are people who are addicted to working out that ain't fixed themselves, and now, <laughs> now, yeah. now you're just going to the gym like every single day, and you could be like jacked to perfection but if you know you haven't worked on that stuff then you're, you're just replacing that addiction with something that you can just tell yourself you feel better about for the time being and escape to yeah you're you're treating the symptoms you're not treating the yeah just because you have a healthy bmi doesn't mean you have a healthy view about yourself and the world around you yeah it was like amazing there's one part where she's eating donuts and like slamming them and then her like older self goes into her and is like or is trying to yell at her and tell her but she's not listening that like you're only going to feel better for 10 or 20 more minutes like and then you're going to feel worse i i was gonna say um too that the the peace with her parents and her family like she's she's trying to reconnect with them but also a lot of the things and the negative self-image that she's gotten um has come from them as you're seeing as she's kind of flashing back that that part was really impactful to me because I think I forget that. I mean, I, I will make derisive comments about myself all the time, just out loud to Greg. And even when we, I can remember being at in that exact same situation in the mall with my mom and my grandma and them saying, Oh, we don't have the body. Like, say like verbalizing like not only putting themselves down but get like handing that down generationally and that was huge too because I was just like it doesn't seem it's not that it's not that that thing that we think of like oh you need to live up to this ideal body type that's in the media but it is just as insidious to kind of do that to yourself in a way that other people around you can hear and kind of take in negative scripts from that too it also makes you think like how shitty it is to like talk about your own body period i just don't think people should unless they're asked to talk about their body or other people's body they shouldn't do that because when people are like oh i feel so fat right now and it's like they're obviously skinny i'm like fuck you i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think there's a there's got to be a better way to be more celebratory and not shy away from talking about our bodies to a point where we don't feel like we can. Yeah, that was. I, I guess I was saying like, it's just hard, you know, to navigate it. For sure. Well, well isn't that how body dysmorphia works, in a nutshell? I mean, you're never happy with your body, no matter w- what 
it looks like. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's really dangerous to like, even, even though I know you've established like kind of your personal, Mm -hmm. some of your personal things that would influence you feeling that way about someone thin saying that, but like, even that person may be dealing with body dysmorphia where they, they're not saying it to get attention. They're truly disgusted with what they're seeing. Right. Because what they're seeing isn't. I also think that like they put like how they have seen in other people's eyes so that like, if they were to get this like, hey, you're looking good, you're looking thinner reaction, it's not the attention. It's that like, oh, that I now see myself as thinner because I've had it reflected back to me. And like you try to like get that again happening. I don't know. That seems like it almost like it's like it goes both ways. Like you're here, you're hearing the worst of what people say as well. I don't know. This is a, it's a thinker of a book. It's heavy. It's certainly not drawn heavy though. It's drawn in neon purples and pinks and fucking <laughs> rad ass glasses and cool just amazing fashion the art and coloring butts. was great yeah Ooh, there was some sexy guys in this <laughs> i think sweeney's done some fashion stuff and some like uh consulting like that which seemed i don't know she likes to draw uh like fan art with like sabrina in like high culture clothes or you know many other characters through many other books she likes to draw them in certain uh fashion motifs and they're they're really well done if you find her on instagram or twitter you will not be disappointed about the art she puts out yeah she uh, gives a lot of her fan art characters like dope sneakers too which yeah. i always oh, appreciate <laughs> it's so great it's so great yeah she also grew up in france so they're, oh. they're like fashionistas right that's my that's my <laughs> part of my limited perception about people in france two things to know y'all about know france. fashion right? they know fashion and they uh, I don't reckon y'all dress pretty well. Yeah, so she got consulted to do the TV show's fashion uh, for Marvel Rising. Oh, like oh she's cool. Do, she's doing the costume design for... Oh, that'll be cool. For Marvel Rising, yeah. So she has that background or that thought process as well, which really shows, like, this is one of the best designed, like, fashion characters I've ever read. Yeah, they look really modern and appropriate for, like, something created in 2020. I know she's been working on it for probably over a year leading up to this, right? But even still, it seems very now. This was one thing that I always like comment on because I think about like how people draw tattoos and the way that she drew the tattoos on like her friend. Um, I was like, this person knows tattoos. Like it was like <laughs> subtle, it, like worked. It was like not like gimmicky or whatever. It like didn't like be like this is tattoo girl. <laughs> I don't even remember, so it must have been subtle. Yeah, that I was just like, oh yeah, that's a th- that's a thing. That's a tattoo. That's yeah. a look. To tatty. So. I I will say that I think that this book maybe the synopsis for me that I read online was a little bit misleading. Did you? Would you guys say the yeah, same? Yeah, makes you think like she's gonna trip out on mushrooms and like yeah. go crazy. Or that she's trying to change her past, or yes, I don't. Yeah, if that's... anything, she's learning from it. Yeah, not changing. She's it not at changing all. anything. This is also one of those moments where it's like the arc is not a traditional like cinema arc, where it's like rising action, great things happens, they like have full resolution, and boom, like. And I love that because in some ways it's like, yep, that's that's a comic because it didn't, it wasn't a movie. It didn't need to like <laughs> <Right>. resolve. <laughs> well, and it's real life. Sometimes real life doesn't have those highs and lows as dramatically as movies and sometimes comic books. I mean, this felt very real. There was a lot of emotion and, you know, passion behind this book. And I mean, you can really tell she's very careful and, you know, thoughtful about what she put in and wrote. And it, it meant a lot to her. Obviously, I think 
I don't know if she really talks about it much, but I, I'm assuming it's something that she deals with personally. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that was like she has experience with or something. The the wording was not like direct, but definitely right. like right, yeah, or thoughts of or has a lot of concerns with or something like that. I I don't think this is a book that you could necessarily spoil because it doesn't just have like a magical everything is fixed ending, which no story like this should have that sort of ending. No, no. And then two, obviously it's like, this is all about the journey and has like nothing to do with the resolution. Right. It's like constantly like working and, and looking at your look, looking into yourself and figuring out who you are and being happy with who you are. This is a, a very a very slyly disguised self help book. Yes, and yep. it's totally, primar- and it's primarily for young adults, which is perfect. Yeah, uh, I think uh, like even like twenty year old, you know, like young college. Right, that, YA, post YA, yeah, post YA. There we go, <laughs> post YA. Yeah, <laughs> I was <laughs> every once in a while when I see the publisher Boombox, I always think like, oh, this is for kids. 12 year olds 13 year olds i think it is meant to be younger though like then it's it's certainly meant to be younger but this book like started out in a bar like obviously not like a little kid's book but would certainly be would probably mean a lot to somebody going through something like this at a younger age to someone my age going through something like this so i just think like great spectrum and um it reminds me not to judge a book by its cover mm. judge a book by its publisher <laughs> Ooh. if i can say that i was also coming into this conversation i was like i was like how do i talk about this too like being a male reading this thing about eating disorders because traditionally the media and everything around men isn't constantly telling you like it let you let you have a dad bod like dad bod sexy <laughs> yeah There's no like, mom bod can, can get a, like i can get away with a certain body type and not feel judged for who i am what i am it's just like not on your radar as much as a as a man so i was a little anxious and tiptoey on i was like what do i say about this but i've really enjoyed our conversation and interpretations of this book and it makes me appreciate the book itself a lot better. I, I love that. I think it sounds like that we've all taken something valuable from it, even though um, I, I th- someone going through their own like self-help journey, right? Uh, regardless of what the problem is, can be very soothing just to like see. <laughs> I think and it's our... also like a really good take on the the people that watch. And, and are close to people that go through these things because you see several guys in here. I mean, it's not like she's got 20 guys hitting on her all the time. Cause that wouldn't be realistic either, but it's just, you, you do see like guys trying to form connections with her, or even her best friend trying to go to maybe more vulnerable places to let her know how valuable, valuable she is. And she's just not, going to let them do that and how frustrating and powerless that can be to be a supportive person to to that person that's going through that stuff and I thought that that was a really important perspective too because eventually she gets to a point where she's like yeah I can I can recognize I've got to do some things and we can't be doing this now but I do want to open that door yeah but but a lot of people struggle to even get there so I think it was I thought it was a 
really good look at that too, that those people are going through some stuff too, just trying to love that person. Yeah. It, I like Greg saying that it's like, it's a disguised self-help book. It's like, a, it's like it seems yeah. like what it is. And like it, this book primarily deals with eating disorders, but I think even if you aren't dealing with that kind of disorder, this book has a lot of great points of just like, you know, it's okay to work on yourself. It's okay to keep striving to better yourself and to reach out to people for help and to always look within and, you know, realize that you are good enough. You are, you know, this person that it has worth and, you know, people want to be around. It's like that, that premise can never be, you know, hit hard enough to people. It's just like, people have doubts all the time and just, you know, you know, reach out and talk to people if you're feeling like this, you know? Yeah. This is a, this is a heavier episode than we usually do, but if you, <laughs> if you are feeling like any type of way, if you have, you know, you know, any problems, uh, the first step is typically the hardest, but reach out to people. They, they, they love you and they want to talk to you and they want you to feel better. So don't be afraid. Try not to be afraid. Well, if you haven't been paying attention to the entire episode, I think it's safe to say, in summation, we liked this book and would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think a resounding recommend and and check this book out if you can. You can download it on Comixology and get it right away, or directly from Boom on, if you wanted to on Amazon or direct from Boom. Yeah. So, uh, check it out. I don't know if anyone else has closing thoughts on that, or we want to leave it there. I think it's a great closing. I have something that maybe not won't make the podcast. Is that okay yeah. to do? Uh, um, did you guys think it's crazy where it's like, okay, one, we d- we don't know how this candy bar got made in in any way, <laughs> and straight up, they're just this candy bar is not only being sold to her, but seemingly <laughs> tons of other people that are now uh-huh. <laughs> like revisiting there, and we know, we don't even know who else took this candy bar and had this same moment. <laughs> We don't know, like, I want to know about their operation. They're just out in the woods somewhere making all these mystical, life-changing candy bars. Willy Wonka's out there just trying to help people one yeah. chocolate bar at a time. And it's it's <laughs> so grand. Like, if you put that much effort to create a candy bar like that, to just sell it to a Whole Foods and have them distribute it. It's like, leave it's it out like, there. Yeah. Pretty soon, people are going to start talking to one it's another. Begin. And, and then this thing is going to catch fire. And then the people who are baking this are going to have to answer some yeah. questions. That is a, a, a pure chaos, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the sequel to this book, Sweetie Boo. Uh, I I also like the motif of each chapter. You saw the chocolate bar isolated and black with another tile gone. Yeah, which yeah. was cool. The cool structure story like that. Yeah, it's a this a this was a fun read digitally too. It's like um, the panels worked really well. It did. Yeah. So. Very true. They were they were in order also, which helped. Oh, yeah. Hey, correct. <laughs> I have a correction corner for our next episode. Oh, no. Uh, Well, it was just I said AWA is going uh, direct to publishing. You guys probably didn't even hear me say that when I was like saying like, oh, DC is doing this. So is AWA. It was actually Alterna Press that, that was doing that, not AWA. Uh, but I'm just telling an you. An official first issue club redaction. <laughs> Alterna, not AWA. Thank you. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. 
Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.